Hello, and welcome to the Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 55. Today, unfortunately, it is just me. Um, we, Steve and I have both been extremely busy, and he's on his um, opposite schedule as me, so we were not able to get together this month, which is always a bummer. So it's just going to be me. But next month, I am sure to have him back on, so you can look forward to that. Uh, Before we started, I wanted to get through a little bit of station news. I wanted to remind everybody that my website is hugenhoff.org, and you can go there to check out the podcast or send me emails. And, of course, my email address is hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com, and I always very much appreciate email feedback. So, we just finished a big piece of lore last time, um, The Flighting of Loki. So, I was going to do something just completely different today and have a topic, but I don't really just want to do a totally random topic that's all about discussion when it's just me for obvious reasons. So, it is Yule, or Yule just ended when I released this actually, since I'll release it on the 1st, but I thought I'd go over a Yule story. I thought that might be kind of fun. So, we are going to go over Frahulda today. Um, If it's lore or folklore is a bit of a tricky question. Um... So I'll get into that a little bit. Uh, it's kind of hard to answer. See, I wish I had um, Steve on for this one to get his thoughts. So I will have to make sure that I bring this up next time. Um, things that are strictly lore are generally speaking the stuff from the poetic eddas, uh Maybe things we found in in um, archaeological digs and grave sites and stuff like that. And, you know, some of the other sagas and stuff like that. Uh, those would be like the flighting of Loki would be lore. Um, the story of how Odin sacrificed his eye for knowledge would be lore. Stuff like that is lore. And pretty much, I mean, not entirely, but pretty much is the stuff that's coming from the Eddas that we consider to be lore. And that's stuff where these are truly stories of the gods and we're confident they are stories of the gods. And then there's folklore, which are stories that are very old and probably have a root or probably have roots in our traditions and our ancestors may have written them down. So we know that they were important to our ancestors and probably have their roots in the oldest days when our ancestors were still honoring the Norse gods. So they are probably inspired by some of those Norse gods, but everything is a little less solid because it's folklore, it's been passed down, it's been written and rewritten, and some things have probably changed over time. So this is sort of somewhere in between the lore and folklore type of things. Um, I personally think that Frahulda was a goddess of ours. That's probably something, actually that's pretty sure that's something that is debated at least among a few people. So I want to get all of these disclaimers out of the way first, but what I'm going to do is actually read this story because I think it's a really good story and then I'm going to kind of give some of my thoughts on it and stuff like that. But um, I think there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good ideas and um, stuff in there. Actually, I just read this story to my own two kids uh, a couple days ago. 
So it's a good story, and it's actually a really good story to read to your kids, I think. <clears throat> so I'm just going to go ahead and start it, and I, I'll interrupt myself occasionally if I think that I need to add something, but I'm pretty much just going to read it from the beginning. And I am getting this from a website, which is... Um, pitt.edu I don't know who that is exactly um, anyway uh, yeah I don't know I will put the website oh uh, thank you my wife just told me University of Pittsburgh um, and I will put this URL in the show notes so you can go and read it yourself okay so I'll start uh, Fraholda Jacob and William Grimm so this comes from like the Brothers Grimm, I'm sure, which a lot of good folklore comes from. <clears throat> a widow had two daughters. The one was beautiful and industrious, the other ugly and lazy. She greatly favored the ugly, lazy girl because she was her own daughter, and the other one had to do all the work and be the Cinderella of the house. Every day, the poor girl had to sit by a well next to the highway and spend so much that her fingers bled. Now it happened that one day the reel was completely bloody, so she dipped it in the well to wash it off, but it dropped out of her hands and fell in. She cried, ran to her stepmother, and told her of the mishap. She scolded her so sharply and was so merciless that she said, Since you had let the reed fall in, you must fetch it out again. Then the girl went back to the well and did not know what to do. Terrified, she jumped into the well to get the reel. She lost her senses, and when she awoke and came to herself again, she was in a beautiful meadow where the sun was shining, and there were many thousands of flowers. She walked across this meadow and came to an oven full of bread. The bread called out, Take me out, take me out, or I'll burn. I've been thoroughly baked for a long time. So she stepped up to it, and with a baker's peel, took everything out, one loaf after the other. After that, she worked further, walked further, and came to a tree laden with apples. Shake me, shake me, we apples are all ripe, cried the tree. So she shook the tree until the apples fell as though it were raining apples. Then none were left in the tree, she gathered them into a pile, and then continued on her way. Finally, she came to a small house. An old woman was peering out from inside. She had very large teeth, which frightened the girl, and she wanted to run away. But the old woman called out, Don't be afraid, dear child. Stay here with me, and if you do my housework in an orderly fashion, it will go well with you. Only you must take care to make my bed well and shake it diligently until the feathers fly. Then it will snow in the world. I am Frahol. Because the old woman spoke so kindly to her, the girl took heart, agreed, and started in her service. The girl took care of everything to Frahol's satisfaction, and always shook her feathers, her feather bed vigorously until the feathers flew about like snowflakes. Therefore, she had a good life with her, no angry words, and boiled a roast meat every day. Now, after she had been with Frahol for a time, she became sad. At first, she did not know what the matter was what was the matter with her. But at last she determined that it was homesickness. Even though she was many thousands of times better off here than at home, she still had a yearning to return. Finally, she said to the old woman, I have such a longing for home, and even though I am very well off here, I cannot stay longer. I must go again to my own people. Frahol said, I am pleased that you long for your home again, and because you have served me so faithfully, I will take you back myself. 
With that, she shook her by the hand and led her to a large. She took her by the hand and led her to a large gate. The gate was opened, and while the girl was standing under it, an immense rain of gold fell, and all the gold stuck to her, so that she was completely covered with it. This is yours because you have been so industrious," said Fra Hol, and at the same time she gave her back the reel which had fallen into the well. With that, the gate was closed, and the girl found herself above on earth, not far from her mother's house. And as she entered the yard, the rooster sitting on the wall cried, "Cockadoodle-doo! Our golden girl is here anew." Then she went inside to her mother, and as she arrived, all covered with gold, she was well received. Both by her mother and her sister, the girl told all that had happened to her. And when the mother heard how she had become, how she had come to the great wealth, she wanted to achieve the same fortune for the other, the ugly and lazy daughter. She made her go and sit by the well and spin. And to make her real bloody, the lazy girl pricked her finger and shoved her hand in. Wait, the lazy girl pricked her finger and shoved her hand into a thorn bush. Then she threw the reel into the well and jumped in herself. Like the other girl, she too came to a beautiful meadow and walked along the same path. When she came to the oven, the bread cried, "Oh, take me out, take me out, or else I'll burn. I've been thoroughly baked for a long time." But the lazy girl answered, "As if I would want to get all dirty," and walked away. Soon she came to the apple tree and cried out, "Oh, shake me, shake me! We apples are all ripe." But she answered. Oh yes, one could fall on my head, and with that she walked on. When she came to Frau Hol's house, she was not afraid because she already heard about her large teeth, and she immediately began to work for her. On the first day, she forced herself, was industrious, and obeyed Frau Hol. When she said something to her, because she was thinking about all the gold that she would give her. But on the second day, she already began to be lazy. On the third day, even more so, and then she didn't even want to get up in the morning. She did not make the bed for Frau Hol the way she was supposed to, and she did not shake it until the feathers flew. Frau Hol soon became tired of this and dismissed her of her duties. This was just what the lazy girl wanted, for she thought that she would now get the rain of gold. Frau Hol led her to the gate. She stood beneath it, but instead of gold, a large kettle full of pitch spilled over her. That is the reward for your services," said Frau Hol, and closed the gate. Then the lazy girl went home entirely covered with pitch. As soon as the rooster on the wall saw her, he cried, "Cockadoodle-doo! Our dirty, our dirty girl is here anew!" And the pitch stuck to her, stuck fast to her, and did not come off as long as she lived. Okay, so that's the Frau Hol story. Frau Hol, Frau Holda are just alternate pronunciations. I think it has to do with where you are, or whatever. <clears throat> so one of the I brought this up for a couple reasons. One of the reasons is I like the idea of traditions and bringing good traditions into、uh, the Yule Tide. And I've talked about Santa Claus at length, and the reason I don't want to bring that tradition. Into our house, lying to your kids, and all of that stuff. But I like the idea of holiday traditions, and <clears throat> to read this story every Yule, I think would be a cool tradition to have. So that's one of the reasons I brought it up. Another reason being that I think that it's a good story. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's not exactly a new thing that you've never heard the the idea that you need to be industrious, but 
it's still a good lesson that I think bears repeating. So that's sort of the reason that I brought it up. I think that uh, it's it's hard when you've got so many different things going on. And you know maybe you have a long day of, of work or whatever, and then you come home and you're expected to be industrious and do stuff. You know, you have to clean the house, for example, which is always very much a challenge for me. And it's very tempting after you get home after working or whatever to just sit down and sort of zone out for the rest of the night and watch TV or play video games or whatever. It's very tempting to do that because you're like, well, I've I've worked all day. I've earned enough money to live, so why should I clean the house or why should I do anything extra? And um, I think it goes goes on to anything you know if there's if there's something that you want you want to make model trains or whatever it might be whatever your passion is it's obviously going to take some amount of work to actually accomplish and to force yourself to do that every day is is a really difficult thing i think so it's something that this story kind of reminds us that that there will be rewards after the fact, um, if we continue to to work hard and and everything else, like in this story, obviously the reward was lots of gold. Which and and if if you're lazy, like the one girl was, then she's covered in pitch that never comes out. So that's kind of like a really obvious one. It's like, oh, you're rewarded with money, and if you don't do stuff, then you're punished by being covered in tar. So, but I mean, in our in our regular lives, it's a little less obvious than that. The hard work may just give you a sense of pride in your house or whatever. Or um, if you're trying to complete chores, and or if you're trying to complete something like you have a particular goal, a thing that you want, eventually you will finish with the thing. And when you're done, you'll have the thing that you wanted whatever that thing might be you'll have the thing that you wanted once you're actually finished so that's a big um that's a sorry i lost my train of thought but what i was trying to go for is it's hard to keep that in mind in the day-to-days like it's really easy like you know you have this big project it's really easy to be like well i want to get this project I, I want to do this project. And then you have, um, I'll just do the example of writing a book. And then again, it'd be nice if I had Steve on because he knows all about this. So it's like you want to write a book. And you're like, okay, I really want to do this. And that part is fun and exciting and new and it's easy to do. And then you have to come up with the idea of the book. And you know that's a little harder. It's it's difficult to come up with a good idea, I think. Um but it's still fun and new and it takes a while and you come up with it and you're still excited. And then just like in the story where the first day she worked really hard because she knew she was going to get the gold. And then the second day it was less so and the third less so and the fourth she didn't even want to get up. So like if you start writing a book, like the first week's going to be easy. You're going to be like, oh yeah, I got all these ideas. I'm ready to write. And you start writing and you're going you're going good for the first week. <clears throat> And then, but then by the second week, you're like, 
okay, I'm not even halfway through. I'm in like the first quarter of writing, let's say, and I've still got all of this time to go. I, I don't, I, there's not the light at the end of the tunnel because the end is so far away that it's easy to be less motivated. And then the third and fourth week, let's say, even more so. You know, that place when you're not even to the halfway point. You've got all this time to go. The initial excitement starts to dry up because you're like, okay, the the initial excitement was was done. It was all fresh and new, but now it's just like this thing that I have to do every day. And though it might be enjoyable and it might be fun, um, a lot of the excitement is gone. And there will always be a day you just don't want to do it. And if you give in to that and just don't do it one day, then the next day is going to be even worse. You're going to be like, oh, well, I don't want to do it today either. And, and you'll just never get it finished. And you will have wasted all the time to begin it without ever getting a product because you sort of just like gave up part way through. So I think it's really important to always remind ourselves. Um, and I think you'll a good time to do that just because it's it's winter and it's sort of traditionally an introspective time for the most obvious reasons you can't be outside you can't be working in the fields or whatever historically you couldn't be working in the fields and even today you're not going to be outside doing your mowing you're not going to be building something new or working in the garden or whatever so there is more downtime which you know Obviously, we fill it with something or the other, but it it just makes sense to make winter and the Yule time an introspective time, a time to look into yourself and say, what have I accomplished this year and what do I want to accomplish next year? Simply because there are less options of things to do. You can do all your inside stuff, but you can't do any of your outside stuff. There's just more options in the summer. And, I, you know, I think you see that with New Year's and the idea of New Year's resolutions, which should be taken more serious than they are. I mean, it's just accepted that you'll break your New Year's resolution, and I don't like that mentality, but it's sort of a different conversation. Uh, It's still a time, and the tradition of New Year's resolutions is one of those, or, or I'm sorry, the idea behind it is like, what did I do last year? And more importantly, and especially with New Year's traditions, what am I going to do in the year to come? Uh, <clears throat> I think I sort of went off topic there. But I think what I was getting at is any of these stories, like the Frahol story, it's, it's good to remind yourself that industriousness and hard work is a good thing that has real solid results because it's just so easy when you're in the middle of a project to forget or to not really feel connected to the end product that's eventually that's eventually going to come so i don't i don't really think there's a lot more to say about that hard work is important hard work is something you should do hard work is something you should embrace Uh, i think i will leave it there i think this podcast I've not been doing this long, so I don't want to stop the podcast yet. Um, What I want to do instead is go into one of the other things that I mentioned just real quickly at the beginning. I want to go into a little more depth. Again, the reason I read this, excuse me, 
is because I want more New Year's traditions, things I can do and the kids will remember and stuff like that. I, I always like it when I talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, I had this tradition where we set off fireworks at Christmas and I was like, oh, well that's weird, but that's a neat, unique thing. Or it's like, oh, we have this tradition where we break a candy pig on Christmas Eve. And I'm like, okay, that's weird, but that's kind of cool that your family has this unique, interesting thing that they do every Yule um, for most people Christmas. They have this weird, unique thing that they do every Christmas. And for me, I want to have these um, cool, unique things we do every Yule. And and one of the ones that I really do want to have is reading the Frahola story because I... I for one, I think it's a good story. Uh, I think that Yule is a good time, and winter especially, is a good time to remind you of the hard work and stuff. And I just want it to be a cool thing where it's like, oh, we read this story every year, and we're going to read it again. I want to have more than just that. Like, I made homemade eggnog for the first time this year, and it's actually really good, which doesn't make any sense because it should be terrible. Now, I've always loved eggnog, so if you're a person who doesn't like eggnog, you still probably want to like this. But I found a nice recipe, and it had, like... So so basically what it is is, like, six eggs, some heavy whipping cream, some milk, some sugar, and you mix the egg yolks and everything else together and then you whip the egg whites into heavy peaks and then you fold it in with the egg yolks and you add some nutmeg and and that's um that's eggnog so really seriously it was raw eggs and milk and I was just like, there's no way this is right there's no way raw eggs and milk are going to be good because that sounds utterly repulsive but I made it, and it was actually really good. Um, if anyone wants to make it, email me, and I'll send you the recipe. Um, you can podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, it was surprisingly good. Uh, it just sounds gross. Anything with that's just like raw eggs and milk, it sounds gross. But it was good. So I'm like, I think this should be a Yule tradition. It's like every year we have eggnog, and then the kids are like, oh, it's Yule time. Oh, that means we have eggnog, and... I just think that'd be cool. I'm thinking maybe like gingerbread cookies or something. I think my wife made some like ginger cookies. I guess, I don't know if they were gingerbread cookies. Uh, They were something kind of like a ginger snap, but softer. And I think that'd be cool to have something like that. And, you know, maybe sugar cookies. It's like, oh, we decorate the sugar cookies or whatever. And just, just... Things like that, traditions like that, that I can sort of pass down to the kids, and maybe they can have them. Um, We didn't have a lot of weird, unique traditions in my house that I can think of, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, we put up a tree, but everybody does that. That's not really a unique one. We exchanged gifts, which I, I love that tradition, too, and I definitely am going to continue doing that. But we didn't really have any off-the-wall traditions we did every single year that I can think of. But I want those because it's just like an extra connection to your family and the people that you love. That I I really like the idea that uh, there's something unique. It's like 
your family does this one thing and nobody else does this one thing. It's like your family's thing. And I like the idea of bigger, older, more universal traditions as well, like gift giving, for example. Besides the fact there's really a good reason to do gift giving. Um, because, you know, it's just strengthening the bonds that you already have with people. You know, you give gifts to the people that you love to be like, look, I love you. This makes me think of you. We have this bond and I appreciate it and I'm making it stronger by giving you this gift. Um, so the reason is good. And, and traditionally for ever it's been done around Yule, partly out of convenience in the olden days because you know you want to see a lot of these people throughout the rest of the years you're doing your own thing or whatever and they travel great distances um at yule to get together so you're seeing these people you haven't for a while so it's a good time to exchange gifts but i like the fact that it's at yule or on yule i just I like the tradition of exchanging gifts, and, and kind of everybody does that, and it pulls us together like as a society and as a people, and I think that's a strong thing. Um, putting up the tree is another tradition that sort of, as a society, pulls us together, and I, I think stuff like that is cool. Uh, the idea of eating ham on Twelfth Night, for example, that's a tradition that I like, and it's like, I, I wouldn't say it's an also-true thing, exclusively because the idea of eating ham is very popular in this season which has always been a tradition and i I mean i think it's um ham of course is from the pig which is related to the boar so that sort of ties it back to fry and of course on Twelfth Night, the the last day of Yule, you would sort of think about Frey for a couple of reasons. One is I feel like it's important to think about Frey because it's really cold and terrible and everything's dead. And it's important to remind yourself that like, hey, the spring will come again. Things will grow again. This isn't a permanent thing. Summer, the sun will return and life will return. And another thing is Yule... And, and Twelfth Night in particular is a good time to take O's. It's one of the most sacred nights, especially when it comes to taking O's. You've got Twelfth Night in Midsummer, so twice a year, where you can swear sacred O's. Um, and especially like kinship, kinobs, kinos and kithos would be on, on those on those nights. Uh any, anyway, so the idea of eating ham or some sort of pork on the 31st is probably something that's specific to Osotru people. But I know at the at my old kindred, that's what we did. And my current kindred, that is what we do. We have some sort of pork, and it's ham almost always, on Twelfth Night. And I like that tradition. It It pulls us together as... Um, it's like a tradition that sort of pulls us together as a faith. It's like, oh, you know, most Austro people are going to have ham on the 31st. Not a, everyone's going to have ham in the holiday season, but not on the 31st. They're probably going to have it on the 24th, 
25th, 25th. They're going to have it on Christmas, which is the 25th, but it's sort of neat to be like, hey, you know what? All the other Ossetru people are probably eating ham right now because it's the 31st, and we do that, and that's a special thing that gives us this, like, um, special connection as a community. Um, so that's cool, and I think those are important, and I, I, I like those things, those ideas that, like, as a society and then even as a faith, you've got some things that you share in common with other people, some traditions that you share in common with other people, but then those specific to the family ones are really cool, too, because you're like, this ties us together as a group of people and but but it's special to us no one else is doing this and if they are maybe it's just a coincidence but like who else is going to read the Frahulda story on the 20th now actually that might fall more into the first category because i know at my old kindred the hofbra kindred i'm pretty sure we always read the Frahulda story and eggnog might fall into that as well because it is traditionally a holiday drink. Um, but I do want, I, I mean, I'd like just a weird random tradition too. But, you know, it's just these things, these traditions as a family where you have some continuity, where it's just like some stableness, where you're just like, these are traditional things and we do them and we do them every year and we always do them. I just, I don't know. I I think I personally like it very much. I just like the idea of tradition, and I do feel like it gives you some extra grounding. Like, as a family, you're sort of knowing what to expect, and there's just this thing that keeps you coming back every year, like when the kids are old and move away, and, you know, maybe they will be like, okay, well, I'm going to do eggnog all the time. And... And, you know, especially eventually, and I mean, okay, so when they move away, they'll probably be coming back, and maybe we'll keep doing the eggnog thing. But then I'm going to die eventually, unless I get that robot body. No, I'm joking. Um, I'm going to die eventually, and obviously my wife will too, and the kids will be in the world without us. You know, hopefully with their own kids. But we'll be gone eventually, and... If they can take up the tradition where it's like they make eggnog and they make cookies and they read this for a whole story and, and they do the same things, then you know every Yule time that comes across, it's sort of like we've passed on a small piece of ourselves. It's like this tradition that I started or this tradition that I took part in, I passed it on to them and when they make eggnog, if they keep that tradition going they'll remember us and they'll take a moment to say yeah my parents did this and now i'm doing this and i really i really like that idea that's kind of why i wish we had some more unique traditions ourselves and my own family you know maybe maybe i'll talk to my dad and and my mom and brothers and sisters and be like am i forgetting something is there some tradition that we always had. Actually, I really think I will, because I'm going to see them soon. Be like, is there some tradition we had that I'm forgetting? Because I'd, I'd like a thing to sort of tie my family with, as in my like my parents and, and my brother and sister, that family that I 
that I'm part of. I'd like something that would tie that to my immediate family, like me and my kids and my wife. Um, that'd just be cool to kind of have that connection across generations where there's this physical thing that you do that sort of reminds you and connects you to the past. Uh, I think that's something I talked about probably a while ago, but that connection that we have to the past. And if you follow your bloodline from, you know, you to your to your mother, to your grandmother, to your great-grandmother, to your great-great-grandmother, if you follow that path long enough, you'll go all the way back to the gods themselves. And when Odin breathed life into um, the the two trees that became humanity... Ash and Embla, I think. Um, yeah, that's right. Ash and Embla. Um, that story. Okay, so Odin actually breathed life and kind of gave us the spark of divinity. He he gave that to those first two trees, Ash and Embla. And if you trace back your own ancestry far enough, it will go to them. So there's this this undeniable. However, you however whatever your relationship with your parents is you are still connected to them and that connection goes back all the way to the gods and that's undeniable for me that's a thing that that is true no matter what i do but to have like a physical connection like a physical thing that i do that my parents did the same thing and their grandparent and their parents did the same thing would be cool just symbolically reminding myself that there is that link that I have through my family back to the gods. I suppose part of what I'm doing here is talking out why I like tradition so much, because I've always known that I like traditions, and I've always liked traditions. I, I just think they're a good thing. Um, the why is a little more complicated, but I really think that a a big reason, a big part of the why is just like solidifying that solidifying in a physical way that connection that we have through our family line all the way back to the gods um i think that's i think that's an important thing to do and it's an important thing to remember and remind yourself how important family is because as a child you are a link in that chain that connects you to the gods you can't say your parents are not important because it is it is through them all the way back a link that connects you to the gods and as a parent um you're sort certainly important because you are a link in that chain that connects your children all the way back to the gods so there's just for me there's a really undeniable importance of family on very much a spiritual level. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I... Sorry, I got distracted because I have ADD. Anyway, um, I, th I think that's why tradition's so important to me. Uh, it's, it's just sort of in a physical way, reminding ourselves of that spiritual connection we have to the gods. And I, I, I'm not going to do a whole hour. I know that I'm most only a monthly podcast, so I usually 
try to hit about 50 minutes or so. Um, but I don't want to drag something out if I don't have anything else to say about it. And I'm pretty much, uh, pretty much, uh, I pretty much said what I want to say here. So hopefully we'll be back to the regular schedule next month. But I, I really think this is important. And if I'm being repetitive, I'm sorry, but I really think this is something that everybody out there should take some time and seriously think of and seriously think about and, and think of how it works for you. A huge part of Ossetru is family, the importance of family, and ancestors. And just sort of thinking about tradition is a reminder that we really are connected to the gods through our ancestors. Again, that that breath of life that Odin gave Ash and Imbla, if you follow that family line, it will lead to you. And if you have children, it is through you that they get back to the ancestors. So just that unbroken chain from you today all the way back to the gods themselves is something that exists through family and is really important to remember because I think it's through that bloodline that we can most effectively approach our gods. Um, So yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it there. Just the importance of family and a reminder, especially since it's Yule, that family is just such a very, very important thing. Uh, Just sort of reflect on your family, the importance of your family, and that spiritual connection that links you through your family to the gods. Uh, so with that said, I know it's I know it's probably a day late, but happy Yule, everybody, and hopefully you will have a prosperous new year. Thank you very much for listening, and do please remember, if you had any feedback, drop me an email at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to check out my webpage, that is www.hugenhoff.org, and you can find the podcast there under the podcast tab. And do subscribe to the RSS, since the monthly podcast is easy to miss. So, if you're subscribed to the RSS, it just always comes up in your feed. Okay, with all of that said, thank you everybody very much for listening, and I will see you next month. Fra hail!